Welcome to another episode of the Glory Boys podcast. Yep. I'm one of your hosts, Austin. I'm Darren. I'm Trev. I'm Ray. And this podcast is designed to help creatives build wealth. Over the past five years, we built a multi six figure video production company. And that's what this podcast is all about trying to give away value and things that we've learned along in the journey. Yes, doesn't matter what part of the journey you're in. If you love being creative in any sphere, this podcast is for you and it will inspire you. If you want to check out what we're up to on social, Follow us on Instagram at the Glory Boys Pod, on TikTok at the Glory Boys Podcast. You can hear the audio version of this podcast on all your favorite podcast streaming platforms. Hit the subscribe button to this channel, like this video. Yeah, and if you want to see our main account, our business account, just go to Glory Visuals on Instagram or go to YouTube Glory Visuals and see all the behind the scenes and all the other stuff that we shoot, like music videos, wedding, you name it, we got it on there. Today, we have an incredible interview with Ben Mohorn. Yeah. We learn a little bit about his story mm -hmm. of going from a homeschooled high school student to a freelancer to now starting a video production company of his own. It's really awesome, really inspiring. So let's kick it to Ben. Heck yeah. We have a very, very special guest on the mm -hmm. podcast today. Ben is the founder of Bighorn Productions, a video production house based out of Nebraska Me. that specializes in outdoor content. Before specializing, he filmed at a high level across a variety of industries. He's from the great town of York, Nebraska. Yes. Oh. He loves Jesus. Listeners everywhere, Woo. it's Ben Mohorn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a pleasure to be here. The man, the myth, the legend dude, in the flesh. I love this dude. You guys are going to love this dude. I'm so excited to have you here, man. Yeah, I'm stoked to be here. I've followed you guys for the last... Three or four years, my mom actually introduced me to your guys' page. Let's and go. And I uh, <laughs> just kept following you guys from there. And it's been super cool to see you guys grow, kind of build over the years. And uh, so, yeah, I'm stoked to... I gotta keep talking into the mic. My bad. I'm gonna try <laughs> no, to talk good, you, you can also you can but, pick it up. Yeah, that's like, you can literally hold it. Dude, that's why we switch to these. Hack. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Um, Darren just holds it the whole time because <laughs> yeah, it does. He'll makes lean it feel like, yeah, okay. powerful. I like to chill back here sometimes. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Cool, man. But yeah, I'm stoked to be here and chatting with you guys, and finally actually get to meet you guys in person. So yeah, yeah. likewise. Heck yeah, Shouts out, mom. What's your mom's name? Susan. 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 Shouts out, Susan. Heck yeah, epic, yeah. dude. How, how did she find us, or I guess why did she like send us over to you? So I, so like, of course, I uh, have a very strong background in faith and, and yeah. Jesus and everything, and so like that comes from my parents, of course. Yeah, um, sure. And so I. I started in this industry about five years ago, going on six now. And when I was at my previous job, she was kind of like just scouring the internet for like different creators that are kind of in the, like that love Jesus and also love to create content. Yeah, and so sick. You guys yeah. That's dope. I love it. And That's so cool. Yeah. So I yeah. started following you guys sore from that. Heck That's yeah. sick. So tell us, because you kind of had a an unconventional maybe entrance into like our industry and being a creative. So, so tell us and the listeners about that a little bit and kind of what was your path to where you are now before you do though could you just introduce yourself um and just like really just share like how long or i guess you just said five to six years yeah but more so just like how'd you get into it how'd you get into it and just yeah. a little backstory about you because yeah i really don't yeah. know like yeah um well yeah so my name is ben mohorn uh born and raised in york nebraska and that's just kind of been where i've called home for my whole life mm -hmm. um and so I have a very non-traditional background into this industry. I probably one of the more 
non-traditional stories of like my life that you could probably say. So I was actually homeschooled up until my sophomore year of high school. And then uh, really I didn't go to high school. So then my sophomore year of high school, I wanted to be, uh, I wanted to participate in sports. I was really passionate in football. And so to be eligible to play, you had to do 20 academic hours a week at the high school. Mm-hmm. So I went up to high school in the mornings, and then I would go back home, and I would uh, I was essentially homeschooled still, but I did some online courses and everything. And then it really gave me a lot of time to just kind of pursue what I was actually interested in, what I was truly passionate in, and then also be able to play sports. And so it was a really cool kind of like balance on dynamic because I got the social aspect from being at the high school. I sure. like, of course you get classes and you learn and yada, yada, yada. So yeah. On, yeah. So on. But then I got the like freedom to truly pursue what I was interested in. So yeah. it was really cool. And then, uh, I guess like, I'm sure you guys probably did the same thing of like making home videos when you're kind of younger and everything. Yeah. I did that a little bit. Um, but then, like when middle school hit, we kind of like, it just kind of fizzled out. I was like, okay, you can't really, like, I'm not going to go to Hollywood to make movies. That's just <laughs> I, like, that wasn't my dream and aspiration. Sure. Yeah. Um, but then my, then my, uh, junior year in high school, I, well, so I guess I originally started in photography. So I used to have like an old iPhone that I'd take photos with and okay. I'd just take it on everything and try to take photos. Yeah. Super cheesy. Like <laughs> they're not good. Um, but then I like upgrade to a GoPro Hero White or a GoPro 4 Hero White. Sick. Okay. And then I got a like big upgrade. The, yeah. yeah. It, it was really cool, like two hundred bucks. And yeah. I was like, this is life changing. Yeah. Then I got the GoPro Hero 4 black and I was like, this is another level. <laughs> and then so, like, I would carry GoPro around with me everywhere. Mm. Never made anything with the video. I just would do, like, time lapses of the stars. And, oh, interesting. Like, like, long exposures and everything. Yeah. And then uh, we went paintballing um, in Lincoln, like, halfway through my junior year of high school, just with a bunch of high school buddies. There's this app called Quick that would pre-edit videos for you. So you oh. would shoot the video, and then it would edit it for you. Sick. Sick. And so I did that, and I was like, that's kind of cool. So then my soccer coach, so soccer season in Nebraska for high school is in the in the spring. Mm-hmm. So my soccer coach thought, he's like, hey, would you be interested in doing a video like this for a soccer team? I was like, I, you know, I've never tried it before. Like, yeah. I'm more than down to try it. And like I said, I had a background in photography. Okay. And being homeschooled, we had the like student uh, Adobe suite. So like I had like Premiere, After Effects, Audition. I, I really only just used Lightroom for editing photos. Yeah. But then like, so he said that and I, by that time I had upgraded to like, uh, I think it was a 5D Mark II at that point in my nice. life. And I was like, all right, I have a decent camera. I like, I'll try to shoot it on this. And I was like, I don't want to do it in the quick app. So in the period of like four weeks, I taught myself Premiere Shout Sick. out to Peter McKinnon from that. <laughs> and well, so like I started following Peter McKinnon when he had like 30,000 followers. Yeah. Like okay. less than that maybe. Yeah, yeah. Because I originally saw his like how to color grade video. Yeah. And I was like, oh. wait, this makes sense. Like yeah. I can do this. Right. And so taught myself premiere in like the matter of four weeks, posted the video in the first night that the video like went live. Uh-huh. It got like 1,500 views. Let's go. And 
like I was like shaking <laughs> house, <I'm> like <laughs> adrenaline high and oh, everything. I love it. Oh, yeah. it was super cool and so I was like I could see myself doing this but I have no idea where that like what industry this takes me yeah. in what mm-hmm. that looks like mm-hmm. so uh that posted at the end of my junior year first video I'd ever made like solely myself yeah edited and everything and like it's still I'm super proud of that video yeah um and so then fast forward, my soccer coach knew my then-to-be boss, Taylor Siebert, who owns Strive um, in Henderson, Nebraska. Yep. And so he, like, just crazy how the Lord worked because that video posted and went on Facebook, and Taylor then, uh, like, commented on it for my boss or for my soccer coach. He's like, who is this kid? Like, I need to meet him. Well, then I didn't meet Taylor for, like, Seven months after that, we went on to win a state championship in football. Like that was my passion, and like I smuggled a GoPro on the field for the like football game, that's like just so the warm ups, not the actual. Oh, okay, game. <laughs> I was but, like, damn, yeah. that's savage. <laughs> yeah, so like I I was creating videos, but like I was more focused on football. Football ended, and I was like, I just don't think that's the like route I want to go down because that was always like my dream is like go play college ball. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that just kind of fell through and I was like, you know, it's just not where the Lord's wanting me to go. Yeah. So then I met Taylor and then in the matter of like six months, I went from meeting Taylor to shooting his like first vlog and then, uh, or one of his first vlogs and then, uh, their creative director was leaving. He was going to the military or to the Navy and so they're like, well, we have this position opening up and I was like, I like I went to like a few different universities, yeah. schools to like see like where am I like where's the Lord wanting me to go here? Mm-hmm. It's like it's just not my calling. I do not like I, I don't do well in classrooms. I was like it's just I, I don't really care for that. Sure, like, throw me into a deep end coach. Like let me go learn on my own. Right. And so the oh, like so then I got an internship the day after I graduated high school with Strive, and that then turned into like. A few months later, they were like, all right, well, we have this position open. You want to come on full-time as our creative director? And, like, granted, I was 18 when I started, and then it was, like, all of a sudden, like, I never, like, really seriously, I started doing video six months prior. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) I was like, I know how to play football, but I don't know how to shoot it. So, like, I shot my first football game in the fall. Then it was like all of a sudden they're like, well, can you shoot all these other events? And all of a sudden I'm shooting like 10 different sporting events yearly. I'm doing like all the in-house video for like state championships and everything. Hype videos. We're doing like documentaries or like not documentaries, but like short stories and films and stuff. Yeah. Like I got thrown in deep Mm -hmm. and it was like, I went from like having a, 5D Mark II to like buying a Canon 80D to then like uh, I bought like a 5D4. There's a point I had like four or five cameras just sitting in my room and yeah. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. Right. <laughs> yeah. This is nuts. Like <laughs> I was crazy. like, I started out with a GoPro. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's crazy. So then, yeah, fast forward, I worked for them for a few years and like loved that job. Um, and then it was just like, the Lord is just pulling me somewhere else. I was like, yeah. it's just time to change. I don't know where I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. So then uh, 2021 came around and I was like, all right, it's time to change directions a little bit and let's try, like, let's do the freelance thing. I had yeah. enough work 
that I was like, I can pay the next month of like the next month of bills yep. and I can keep going. Mm-hmm. And like the Lord, like I took two weeks of vacation and then I was on my way back from the Pacific Northwest in my second week of vacation. And I got a call and they're like, Hey, we need this video like pronto. And would you be able to do it? Wow. And it was like a few grand. And I was like, wow. Like just the Lord working yeah. in a way I was like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was incredible. <clears throat> so super cool to like see like I left this job that was like monthly paycheck or like you're you're constantly getting paid sure. Yeah. salary. Sure. And all of a sudden you're like, well, I don't know where the next paycheck's coming from. Yeah. yeah. And so so yeah, so I've done like I guess freelance for the last two years okay. and now really transitioning to starting another production company of uh Bighorn Productions and yep. moving away from the freelance style of like pickup gigs here and there mm-hmm. and just seeing where the next paycheck's gonna come from mm-hmm. to now try and be a lot more business oriented of uh let's be a lot more proactive with reaching out to customers or clients sure. and starting more of a production company creating yep. content for brands and companies, agencies, yeah. um, primarily focused in the outdoors and hunting, fishing, outdoors rec industry. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah. So I wanted to touch on um, a couple of things you said. Back up to when they offered you that creative director position at Strive. I think What's a lot Strive, of, by the way? Sorry, I don't know yeah, what that is. Yes. So Go Strive ahead, is a uh, – so they primarily focus in the high school um, area. Mm-hmm. And it's a, they're essentially a media company, but they do like high school live streaming for different sporting events. Got it. So we were very like, we would, yeah. So like, I think at the point that I was there, they had like 130 schools at the highest point that I was there, just like across Nebraska. And they were Mm -hmm. starting to dabble in Iowa and like some other states. Yeah. Um, And so then I was kind of like the creative side of it of like, we're already at these state events. Why not do like the in-house stuff for NSA? Mm-hmm. And so I did a lot more of the like video production side of it, more so sure. than the live streaming side of it. Yeah. So got yeah. It. So yeah. I was yeah. So I was just gonna ask because I think a lot of people like presented with that opportunity have just folded under the, under the pressure of like you didn't necessarily feel qualified for that position. So what was it that allowed you to even step into that? Being like I shot on a GoPro not that long ago. So, but I'm still going to step into this and crush it. Yeah. Well, so I think for me, like it goes back to that mentality of like, throw me into a deep end coach. Like let me learn how to swim. Like, Mm. and so like it definitely has been like a challenging career. Like I've been very blessed in what I've been able to do being that I'm only 23 years old right now. And it's like, I don't think many 23 year olds could say like, they're almost like totally debt free and mm-hmm. like have no student loans. And yeah. I've been able to start and now I'm affiliated with two different companies as a part owner. Right. That's it's, amazing. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been an incredible career yeah. and I'm like, I'm only 23. Like, <laughs> right. right, let's, let's keep going here. Yeah. Um, but it's one of those things of like, let me learn and let me fail. Sure. And if I'm not going to fail, then I'm not learning. I'm not growing. Okay. Yeah. And so it's kind of that side of like, I just, I was, I was more willing to fail and mm-hmm. get back up and learn from it yeah. and get better from it yep. and not just live by the mentality of like, well, if I fail, I'm done. Like this is over with. Like, yeah, I, I've been very like, God's been very good to me in the sense of like, 
I've failed a lot. Like there's been a lot of stuff that I have, like we just recently did a shoot here. Um, it was like a few months back and we were shooting for this camo company and we forgot to, it's like in tree stands, you're supposed to wear a safety harness for it. Mm-hmm. And we just accidentally slipped. Like we missed, I'm going to move this. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we accidentally, we forgot to put the safety harness on the guy and the guy called me. He's like, hey, we can't use any of these photos because there's no safety oh, harness on them. And I was like, like, there's two people in that situation. Like, you could just, like, start getting pissed off at them of, like, mm-hmm. hey, like, we tried our best. This is right, what we, we do. Like, work. Yeah. yeah. But there's also the person of, like, hey, we're going to correct this error. And mm-hmm. that's more of the route that we went of, like, sure. hey, we made this blunder. It was on us. Right. We will bite the dollar. And gotcha. we will reshoot the content for that's you great. guys. Yeah. yeah. And it's, like you can sink underneath that pressure if you want to, mm-hmm. but it's like, no, like take it as a learning lesson, grow yep. from it and build like a um, kind of like your mentality that you aren't just like gonna just like get pissed off when mm-hmm. somebody corrects you for something. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's so. great. Yeah. I feel like that's not something that you just like accidentally learn or yeah. even, I mean, honestly, it's even hard to teach, I feel. So there has to be some kind of background, like your parents just must be ballers. Like right. just like yeah, the way that they sure. brought you up to be like an 18 year old kid and be like, yeah, dude, fail forward. Like John Maxwell, like leadership <laughs> yeah. value. Yeah, like that's what as I'm an saying. 18 year old like, doesn't make any freaking sense. So I want you to dive a little bit into just like, yeah, like that tenacity and or audacity even, and just like passion to throw me in the deep end coach, like isn't something a typical 18 year old has. Right. So how, I guess, where does that come from? Yeah, so like other than the I, Lord, I got, other than yeah, the Lord. I gotta shout out my parents because they are incredible parents. Like I have been beyond blessed to have them and my siblings and everything. Um, but yeah, it has been one of those things of like I have seen my dad from like when I can remember, like two, three years old, of him always working super hard. Yeah, and always just like like they just built their we just built a house here nine years ago and. A lot of kids in Nebraska will detassel over the summer and yep. everything. Yeah. Um, he was like, Hey, come help me like build the house and mm. like help me like dig out the basement. So like we were spending like hundred degree summer days digging out this basement, putting in heated flooring in the basement. Sure. And that was like my job for the summer. Yeah. And so like my dad's always been like, I'm gonna just do it myself. I'm gonna do it well. I'm mm-hmm. gonna do it right. Yeah. And it's like that, it. yeah. So that mentality of like I'm not going to sit here and wait for somebody else to do action on what I can do. And like, let's teach ourselves how to do it. And that rocks. Be the best that's like guy. such a that's good, good, like Midwest hearty, like <laughs> what's so your dad's good. name? What's your dad's name? Don. 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 <laughs> He's the Don. I call him the Don. Dude. dude. So, so good. So yeah, it's been one of those things of like seeing him work super hard, teach himself how to do these different things Great. in life. Yeah. It's like, don't just wait for somebody to bring action to you mm-hmm. because you're never going to go anywhere at that point. Yeah. You have to be proactive and like get off your butt and go work hard yeah. to make stuff wow. happen. Amen. So, yeah, it can be discouraging for people that don't have dads that are that awesome. Yeah, um, right. me sure. being being one of those, so I could either be on, fall to the spectrum of like I could have just fallen to what was my norm, like mm-hmm. my situation growing up or whatever. Yeah. But I looked at it as like, man, there's an opportunity for me to break this yeah. Yeah. continuing on. So my children yeah. 
will see me as a hard mm-hmm. worker that started something and that yeah. blessed them with finances and continued to push our generations upward and forward and and into abundance because yeah. that's what God wants for his kids. And yeah. so I just, yeah, I, that's, it's super inspirational for whoever's listening that maybe doesn't yeah. have the dad that was, you know, making you sweat in a hundred degree weather, but there still is hope. There, yeah, for sure. There's, there's a, there's an ownership that you just take that, no, this is my life. I have so much time on, on this earth mm-hmm. and I want to leave a legacy. I'm going to work hard for what I get. Yep. And uh, yeah, so e- either way, um, yeah, you can, you know, still win. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, it, I think like ultimately you can either blame the situation in the scenario that you're in yeah. and have like, well, I didn't have this work out correctly for me or I, I didn't have this go right in my life. Yeah. But you can break that um, kind of generational tie or whatever it is. 100%. And like, hey, I'm going to make something out of myself. Yeah. And like you guys, you guys are killing it. And like, that's awesome. I want to touch on uh, your transition into... Um, kind of this building this production house and specifically outdoors content. I won't say that's all you do. Yeah. Um, because I think there are a few other things that that you have on your plate, but I think there's definitely forming the specialization. Looking at all your content and your website, which we'll give the people later, it's incredible. Like it's so. Every time I look at it, it just like brings me into that moment. I feel like I'm out in nature with you guys. I feel like I'm a part of this experience, yeah. which is just like insane. And I'm like not typically the an outdoors <laughs> guy, but I'm down for whatever, you know? And so I appreciate content that allows me to experience that type of thing when I yeah. normally wouldn't. So what was the, like, first of all, what was the draw to it? And then what was the transition like into kind of that specialization? Well, so... I, I'm a guy that really loves to reflect. I like to look mm-hmm. back at what my past has done to help build where I'm at now and mm-hmm. kind of where the Lord has led me from when I was a kid yeah, to where right. I'm at now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like when I was a kid, I would I, I remember my mom, like of course schools, don't get me wrong, school is incredibly important. Kids stay in school, <laughs> like stay in study. School. Don't do but, drugs. Yes. Don't do drugs. <laughs> and like praise the Lord. But um but I also remember my mom giving me a lot of time to like just sit there and build Legos and listen to audiobooks. Amazing. And I think that's where like truly I got like my gift for storytelling and being creative is like from that because it was just like I was young, I was like five to like eight years old. Yeah. And it's like I'm sitting there listening to some of the best stories in the world, mm-hmm. listening to how they're crafting these stories. And I'm not conscious of that like at that time. Sure. But then also like doing Legos in your hands, creating different stuff. Yeah. I think it built that mentality for it. And then it was also the stuff of like, my grandparents were actually from Iowa as well. Okay. And so uh, we would go over to their farm and I would be like out on the farm, like mm-hmm. doing kind of, or just like experiencing how they were harvesting and the yeah. process of farming. Yeah. And a lot of farmers also kind of carry over into the hunting industry, the outdoors yep. industry as for well. Sure. Sure. So it was one of those situations of like, I was kind of like this background for me was getting built at such a young age that I was not aware of. And so then when I like, so I've always been passionate in sports. Like I said, like we won a state championship and like football and everything for high school. Mm -hmm. But then it was like, I, I enjoy sports. And I think it taught me the mentality of like having quick reactions. Like you only get one shot at getting this moment. If you fail, like, 
nobody's ever going to care about that shot. But if you right. win, like you can have great success from it. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so I think it taught me like that instant reaction of like, I have to always be on. And so everything that I've done in my life, me knowing it or not has built to where I'm at now. Okay. Yeah. And so, um, so yeah, so then kind of carrying over to where it transitions to the hunting industry is like, Mm -hmm. I spent then my teen years out in the forest and everything. Sure. So then transitioning to the outdoors industry, one of the ladies I worked with at Strive, uh, her husband and his brother owned this like hunting brand called Midwest Outdoor Chasers. Uh, shout out to Noah and Luke. Let's go Noah and Luke. But uh, they, so like, they're like, hey, we'd love to have you come out just sometime. Just try it out. Like, see what you think of the outdoors industry. Or like, just come take some photos. We're not expecting anything from you. Sure. And it was like four or five degrees. It's a blizzard. It's like Woo-hoo! howling winds. We didn't Jeez. see a single bird. And, it was oh, no. <laughs> yeah. and I was like, I'm hooked. Like, that was incredible. Yeah. Like, it was just one of the coolest experiences. Like, some of those clips that I shot that day are yeah. still some of my favorites that I have. Yeah. Sure. Are some of those shots in the in your show reel? Yeah. Your, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, like, the one of the guy building a decoy and yeah. the snow is whipping yeah, past him. That's one of those I love, shots. I love how dark it was too, and like you used like headlights of the trucks yep. or like the headlamps and yeah. stuff like that Sick. to like implement like light into the yeah. film and, and yep. make it. But it was still so epic. You felt right. like you were there. If you're watching on YouTube, maybe we can show you these. As yeah, we talk about them. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. It's like so. Then like that was two years ago, and so then like they were like, "Hey, like that was all." Like they're like, "This kid's never come back." Like. We're never hearing from him again. <laughs> I text him next week. I was like, hey, when are we going back out again? And then it's like two years later, and it's like we're still working together, and now I'm actually a partner in that brand. Heck yeah. Wow. And then it's like now we're starting to develop Bighorn Productions. It's like sure. so like it's been a full process of like yeah. it wasn't overnight that we just created this thing of like I know exactly this is the industry that I want to be yeah. in. Yeah, yeah. But then like – I've always been a lot more creatively turned in my like industry or like with my mind and everything. Mm -hmm. And so then since leaving my previous job, it was like, Hey, I have to go more to business side of it. I have to be a lot more business oriented, Mm -hmm. a lot more business minded. Yeah. And so like, it's been a big transition for me in the last few years of like, Mm -hmm. I'm, I like used to be a big gear nerd and now like I'm a lot more of like, I love gear, but I'm like, I don't have the time to invest in it as much as I Yeah, could. sure. So, yeah. like, I can still nerd out for hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, anytime yeah. you want to talk Austin's gear, I'm down with you. Austin's your guy, but, uh, but, yeah, it's it's one of those things of, like, so, like, I got a business mentor here about a year and a half ago, and, like, he's a great guy, like, one of my best friends now, or, like, one of, like, a huge mentor to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, so then it's been, like, a lot more business minded now of like how do you make a successful business and not just like we're just like living from project to project. Yeah. It's a lot more forward thinking of like, hey, we're gonna try to make this successful. We're gonna make this so that you're making money from it and not just like that mindset of like or just making cool yeah. stuff. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It out. So it has been a very interesting kind of transition from sports to yeah. the outdoors industry. And for me, like I've I've never been like a huge hunter or anything. But like I it just wasn't something that like I chased a lot when I was younger. 
but like my dad hunted uh, like he hunted and then like now i've gotten into a lot more and Mm -hmm. like i think there's a bad stigma with like the outdoors industry a little bit of like you're just there to like shoot the biggest animal possible like you just want these trophy kills and everything right and i like with what we're doing with midwest outdoor chasers and bighorn we're trying to break that stigma of like you know, we are passionate in the outdoors because it's beautiful yep. mm-hmm. and like because we care about it and because we want to like preserve the nature around us. Mm-hmm. And I think that stigma of like you're chasing this big monster animal out in nature mm. is the wrong one. And we don't want that to be our light that we're focusing on. Yeah, it's great. We want it to be more of the sight of like, hey, God created this nature. We want to preserve it. We want yep. to like have it live on and experiencing these like incredible creatures out in nature. Sure. It's one of the coolest experiences ever. Right. Like I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it. <laughs> yeah. It's like some yeah, of these dude. most extreme conditions that we film in that we're in. Yeah. Like are my best memories and some of my coolest shots. Yeah. Right. So, That's insane. that leads into this great next question because I know you've told me a couple like really funny stories about this, but some of the situations you do shit it, Oh wow! I'm so sorry. <laughs> Some of the situations you do shoot in, yeah, get sketchy, yeah, right. And so, tell it. Do you have do you have like one or two of those you can share with us? Where it was like you're carrying expensive equipment and you're trying to balance on this canoe or whatever. I'm I'm gonna try to keep it pretty mild because <laughs> insurance does not like me and I don't want to stress my parents out too fair much. Enough, That's fair. Enough. fair. Um, but yeah, there have been a lot of situations. <laughs> <laughs> there have been some situations that have been that more high stress. Yeah. Like, and ultimately I think that goes back to like my sports, like my time in sports is like, I can handle that stress at a high level. Sure. And so, or at least I, I like to think I can. <laughs> um, But yeah, like we've last summer, I've never been on the Missouri river at night, mm. little or like I've never been on the Missouri river and then let alone at night. Yeah, it's sure. gnarly. It's insane. Yep. Um, I've catfished at night many yes. times in the Missouri. It's crazy. <laughs> it's insane. Yes, it's nuts. People die all the time. Oh, yeah. oh my yeah. word. Dude. Yeah, it's so like last year we were like, we hit the river hard. Like yeah. We were out on it six, seven, maybe eight times last summer mm-hmm. like that I was on it. Mm-hmm. And it was just a different experience trying to traverse the river at night. Oh like, my gosh. There Dang. were, we did a shoot. Um, there's a catfish tournament back in October. It's like the last thing you're going to be out on for the rest of that year because it's getting too cold. It's going to okay. ice up. Yeah. And it was freezing cold. It was like 30 degrees. We're out there. One of the Luke is in boating shoes. And I'm like, we're like, he's the guy that gets the coldest fast. And okay. I was like, why are you out here? <laughs> um, we were out there till like 3 a.m. Yeah. And then like we're going back and this fog starts to blow in. And it just like you don't realize how dense fog can get till you're in the middle of it. And right. then you're trying to watch for jetties coming up in front of you. Dang. It is terrifying because we're like looking and all of a sudden you're like rocks ahead and like 10 feet ahead of you pierce this jetty and you're like whoa all right we gotta go like go left and it's like so that's like one of those crazy situations that you're like but the shots that i got were incredible (laughs) it's so so cool and then like a full moon for it you know those are the best conditions yeah yeah so like 
Yeah. And then like some of these different conditions that we've been in is like pouring rain. Like I haven't really got to experience out West yet for like mountains or hiking or anything of that extent. Mm, sure. But it has been like a very interesting experience just like getting pushed into these extreme conditions and mm-hmm. you're like, how do you make something look good in this? Yeah. yeah. Right. And it's like, it's almost like, I don't like the sunny days. Like they're like, Oh, it's so beautiful out and like perfect weather. Oh, it's like, interesting, I yeah. want the days as like lightning, thundering, yeah. like full on blizzard. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll, one of my dream dude. shots is a tornado. Um, and so like, yeah, it's just like, I want like the most extreme shots I can possibly get. Now, is that the smartest? Maybe not. (laughs) I mean, it's like National Geographic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They got to get those shots. We watch documentaries on hurricanes and someone filmed. Someone has to film it. Yeah. But that's sick. How much of your outdoor experience are you getting to actually participate in the hunting or fishing or what have you versus you're just the guy with the camera all the time? So it's actually, it's a pretty cool dynamic. So with the outdoors and hunting industry, um, like I don't participate a whole ton just because we're trying sure. to build the business right yeah, now. Yeah. Um, but it is one of those things of like some of these hunts that we do is like we do a lot of waterfowl hunting or we do uh, like we'll do pheasant hunting or I'm trying to think of some, like we did squirrel hunting here uh last fall Mm -hmm. and some of those situations it's like you can't actually participate quite a bit like we went out to the sand hills out in western nebraska and like all the guys limited out by eight o'clock and we're like all right well like i have my tag sure yeah uh, yeah, let's limit out so it was like 30 minutes later and i was done and i was like that was fun nice that was a really cool experience yeah yeah so like i still get to participate in the outdoors industry Mm -hmm. and like in all the hunting and outdoor stuff. Right. Um, like we go up to Minnesota two or three times a year right now, like Sick. fishing. And that is some of the most relaxful and also the best filming that I've ever done. Yeah. Like insurance company, I'm sorry, but like <laughs> hanging the camera out over the side of the boat, like yeah. getting shots of it, like yeah. full it's, board. Yeah. It's super cool. So it's so like super cool. And yeah. Like I do get to participate in it and be active, like, being able to experience nature as peers. Right. And it's something I think too, for people like us, like part of that experience, excuse me, part of that experience is like filming it. Like people will ask me all the time or tell me, well, well, I want you to like be a part of it and not just like hold the camera. But it's like, in some cases, yeah, that's nice. That's nice to have it acknowledged in that way. But honestly, like for us, there's real fulfillment and real joy in integrating our craft into that experience mm-hmm. and so like yeah. you are you know i asked that just because i was curious how much like you get to do hunting and stuff but like being there and filming it even though you're working you're building this this company like that is part of the experience for people like us and and we love to do that so it was fun to explain well, so that to people. something on that is like I think it kind of goes back to what I was talking on earlier of like, we're not just there to get the biggest animal or like just to like, we're destroyed if we don't get this massive deer or like Mm -hmm. our limit of ducks. Um, It's one of the cool things of like, we were actually just up in Minnesota here uh, back in February, I think. Where'd you go? Uh, It's up near like the St. It's near St. Cloud. Okay. Um, And so we went ice fishing 
and we go to this place every summer, every fall, great success. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. you always limit out. Well, we got sent this, like, super expensive piece of equipment that was really nice, and you would see the fish swim up to the lure, and then you would see them look at the lure and then swim right back off. Dang. <laughs> and we left that trip with, like, a three-inch minnow as, like, the Dang. like one of the only fish that we caught. Wow. And it was, like, we were up there for, like, 36 hours on the ice. Right. And, like, most people would probably be destroyed about that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, like, we left, and we were, like, that was one of the best trips we've ever had. Yeah. Like, we had insane. so many memories, so many yeah. laughs. Yeah. Like, we were supposed to see the Northern Lights. That flopped. It was, oh, like, man. it was just, like, there were so many things that could have went wrong that did went, like, they did not go according yeah. to plan. Yeah. Sure. But it's like we didn't leave with that mentality of like, man, we suck. Like we're never fishing again. Right. And it was like that was one of the coolest experiences. Yeah, that's best so memories. Sick. Did you mount the three inch minnow? <laughs> that's a great we did question. Not. That would have been hilarious. <laughs> it's like a cute little plaque and like I'll have to show you guys a photo of it. It's pretty funny. Ryan that caught the minnow is like holding it and it's just like <laughs> hold it as far <laughs> yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, 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 so good. Yeah, so, so, so like a lot of the a yeah. lot of the things that you do. It's kind of unpredictable. Yeah. Like a lot of the shoots that you go on, a lot of the yeah. the hunting stuff, like you can't predict the day. Oh, absolutely. So what happens? Do you eat a lot of the cost a lot of the times or do you go in with the plan of like, well, I got to get this at least or this at least or how do you go about the unpredictability? You know, there's always, yeah, in the hunting and outdoors thing, there's always that risk of like we're, there's always the possibility that we could absolutely get nothing. Um. And so we always have to like say that of like, hey, we're not like 100% sure. You're never like 100% sure on anything. Right. Um, but it has been one of those things of like, you're still like, we're still there capturing it. We're still going through the motions of it. We're still like, there's, you could either have like the best morning <laughs> of your life or you could have an absolute dud morning of your life. Um, but yeah, it's one of those things of like, I think the people in this industry understand that yeah. like, there's always that like unknown factor of like something might not happen. And so we have been able to like still be able to secure jobs and everything in that. And sometimes like it's not staged, but it's just like, you know, if we're not having a great morning, all right, let's just get a few more photos, different angles that might not make sense. Like if you're actually hunting, but they will look great for advertising. Mm -hmm. Sure, right. Yeah. Right. So yeah. we'll kind of make it like twist it a little bit yeah. of like mm -hmm. if you're having an awesome hunt, then yes, you're like yeah. you're focused, you're locked in, you're focused. Yep. If you're not, then like make you the know most. that shoot that we had to reshoot. It was like one of those things. Like the first time that we shot it, it was in pouring rain, and it was like crazy experience. Yeah. Like it was brutal. Next time we go out, it was like winter wonderland. Like. Uh, pure whiteout, fog everywhere, trees are all frosted up. It mm -hmm. was one of the most beautiful shoots I've ever done. Dang. Sure. And it just like worked out really cool. And we Sick. pulled up and there's like 50 turkeys out in the field. Dang. And I'm like, wow. all right, get the FPV drum. We're going to go <laughs> try to dive yeah. bomb. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. Uh, DNR and everybody. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's like we're going to just go get cool shots yeah. while we're at it. So yeah, we, we try to always have at least a fun memory out of sure. whether or not it's the most sucky situation or if it's like, I don't know. Now, yeah, do you go into each of these shoots or each of these trips with like a story that you want to tell or with a content piece in mind or are you kind of just 
letting it happen and sh- and c- capturing what's unfolding or yeah do you do you kind of have a little bit of a plan going into it so yeah there's there's we try to balance that scale because we're trying not to be like fake where we just right. stage everything right mm-hmm. um <clears throat> and i've heard this very well or like i heard this really well off a podcast um that the meat eater does um and they're a pretty big like netflix series and everything yeah but they have a podcast series and they were having all their like cinematographers and everything on. And it's a very hard balance because people want to see people's faces. They want to see people talking. They want to see people interacting. Mm -hmm. But for us, like the videographers, it's like, we're always shooting their backside. Like you're trying to be quiet while chasing this animal. Mm -hmm. And like, then it's like, it's kind of that hard balance Mm -hmm. of like, we're trying to get the story. We're also trying to be real and authentic yep. and be out in this situation. And, and be safe. safe. So, yeah. <laughs> and say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not stand yeah. in front of guns. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, That's like, absolutely. Like, there's always, yeah, there's always those, like, you don't want to do this, but, like, we're trying to make it, like, the best that right. we can. Mm-hmm. Right. And so for some of the stuff that we've done, it's, like, kind of give or take of, like, if it's a production thing, like, you kind of are, like, throwing out, we're not going to see animals. Mm. But if it's more of like an actual like vlog or video or like short mm-hmm. film that we're doing for like Midwest Outdoor Chasers, mm-hmm. it's a lot more real and authentic of like, hey, we are in this situation. We're getting real time like reactions of people. Yeah. And it's a lot more of like we don't have a plan of like deer's going to show up at 601, like Hunter shoots at 603 and right, we right. are set. Like right. videos over. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, Deer walks out, yeah. emerges <laughs> into the valley at 5.04. All right, cue deer. Cue All right, deer. where's the deer at? Yeah. Golden hours. Yeah. Nobody beautiful. called the deer. Yeah, I spent so many hours in a tree stand this last year, and it was like there were multiple times that we saw absolutely nothing. And you're like, there's a squirrel. It's like <laughs> fascinating. Great. <laughs> I film it. There's yeah. movement. Yeah. 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 No, it is, it's one of those situations. But um, it has, yeah, so it's like, <laughs> So we, I was actually just texting with one of the guys this morning. We do a lot of, so like every spring, one of these guys will do a control burn of different like land mm-hmm. to have conservation. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, what if we did a video more set up that we like studied it a little bit more of like, why is conservation good? Why is control burns good? Mm-hmm. Like, why do you want to do this? Mm-hmm. And so it's been like, so there's some of those situations. Like we play both hands of, like or both decks yeah. Kind yeah. Of at the yeah. same time mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. So it's it's an interesting balance. It's very nerve wracking. Like editing, I will tell you, is a nightmare sometimes because like oh. you're taking stuff. Like we just released this big deer video just a few weeks ago, and it was like seven different hunts, and it was like I wasn't even there for both kills, and it Dang. was like mm-hmm. it was kind of like I don't know how I'm gonna create this story. Right. And then it was like I started editing it, and then it was like I'm not going to add almost any music. Like it was just keep it very raw and yep. authentic yep. and just do natural sound and audio. Mm-hmm. And it turned out really cool. It was an incredible story, and like somehow we made a video out of it. Sure. I don't know how, <laughs> but like we made something happen. And yeah. it's like almost a third – it's like a 22-minute video almost. Okay. And Sick. so, yeah, like, you know, we kind of just roll with the punches yeah. and – we're definitely trying to develop it more to like we have at least we're doing a little bit more scripted stuff while then also like being true to nature and being in the outdoors. Yeah, I, I love that because 
I think it's it's really neat what you can do these days with taking a camera on a hunt and yeah. Yeah. somebody that didn't grow up hunting at all. Like I love watching outdoor content. So like Same. I've been watching like John B. Fishing for so many years. I mean, those slow motion, like kiss the fish and let them <laughs> flop into the water yeah, and like yeah. catch and release stuff. Like, bro, the the his intros and like the epic, like tiny little boat, massive drone shot yeah. coming in, like they're in they they would always travel all over the place and it's just like it pulls you in even not being an outdoorsman and i think it's really neat that uh we can kind of bridge that gap like as filmmakers yeah. we mm-hmm. can mm-hmm. you can step in you know wake up at 3 a.m go put up deer blinds yeah. or or whatever and and then film the whole process and then you you put it up online and people can watch 22 minutes of you guys like doing the process and be like, yo, that's really cool. Like maybe I wouldn't want to do that, but like, it's really, really sick to yeah. see the process just sh- shot and filmed in a, a cool cinematic way too. Yeah. Well, I think like all of us being like followers of Christ, we can all take beauty in the nature that is around us mm-hmm. yeah. of like Absolutely. mountains are insane. Like yeah. oceans are insane. Yep. There's a certain aspect that you have to respect with the outdoor nature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or like with nature, and then it's also like, how do we capture it? Like we have right. like badass cameras that we can yeah. capture it with. Yeah, it's like let's film it at like the coolest thing that we possibly can. Yeah, for sure. And so like, it kind of goes back to like that like Nat Geo or like some of these extreme like documentary stuff mm-hmm. of like watching a mouse run through like a field and mm-hmm. like, how do they shoot that? Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, these like two hundred thousand dollar rigs on the front of a car chasing a cheetah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. or on an elephant. Yep, like. Yep. It's watching the our planet behind the scenes is it's awesome. No, it's it's so like, cool. I almost out. take more like I, I almost love that more than actually watching like our planet. Like a, oh sure. Oh, the behind oh the yeah, yeah. Behind <laughs> oh, the for sure. Stuff. Yeah. Just seeing how they're shooting it yep. and how they're doing it yeah. because there's like so much more there than like that's a cool shot of a cheetah like sitting there. But it's like how right. did they get that? Yeah. Uh, it's so, the it's one so that blew my mind was the lizards. They had like a whole sequence where like these or I think there were lizards and they were getting chased by snakes or something. Oh jeez! And this oh, one yeah, lizard had to like yeah. make it through all of these snakes. And there's it's literally <laughs> yeah. like a whole five minute sequence. Right. Snoop Dogg. They Snoop had to Dogg have had like narrated. thirty angles just like ready video. to go. I just yeah. I don't get it. But yeah. anyways, that stuff it's is insane. incredible. Well, yeah, it blows my mind because we'll sit out in these trees for hours. We won't see anything. And then it's like they're getting shots of mice like interacting with each other. And it's like that camera is bigger than my camera. Right. How are you sitting there doing this? <laughs> yeah. How do you keep yeah. that much storage space with you yeah. for like unbelievable? Well, yeah. how, how we've seen it on some of the behind the scenes for our, our planet or stuff like that. Some David Attenborough awesome narrated yeah. film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he, there was a guy that was waiting for this like really extinct like snow. tiger. Yeah. Or white tiger or something. Yeah, like Siberian tiger, I think. Yeah, he's he lived in that little hut for like two months yeah. and got like two shots. But he Same. got and they just have like Sony A seven three or Sony A seven S threes or I think they were GH fives. Oh really? Were they? Yeah. But just like little just like little mirrorless, mirrorless cameras, cameras right. up and yeah. little solar little, panel like, <laughs> like battery <laughs> charger deals. Like in a little lockbox thing and they just like go put yeah. it in, switch out yeah. the cards and they live in this tiny little hut and eat freaking canned goods cold. Yeah. It's just, it's the challenge of how do we make, how do we do creation justice by capturing it? Like that's really the challenge under it all is like, in that instance, you have this animal who's just like incredibly hard to detect and incredibly hard to see 
with your own eyes, yeah. let alone like capture it in a still moment. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like, yeah, that, that, I guess the discipline of like, yeah, how do we, there. yeah. How do we do nature justice by like getting those shots and doing it the best that we can? Yeah. It's, it's one of those cool challenges because like for like, we were out in Grand Tetons here, uh, two years ago now. And it was one of these situations of like, my buddy's been looking for like grizzly bears for like his whole life. He's from here in Iowa or like right across the river in Iowa. Yeah. And like first morning there, uh, in the grand Tetons, I like see a mother grizzly bear with her two cubs and like, I got the shot and it was super cool, but it was like, he's been looking for him forever. (laughs) And it's like, that's a frightening creature to be around. Right. And then like I left and like, came back a little bit later and it was like the bear was just leaving and the people were like, yeah, it charged the road right after like, no like when I was not there. So like right after I left and I was like, that's freaking freaky. That's insane. <laughs> I was, so yeah. what's that adrenaline come down? Like, like after you're in a scenario like that and shooting something, like how long after is it where you're just like realizing what just happened? It's it's definitely interesting. Like there are certain times that like your adrenaline's through the roof. You are locked in. Sure. You're in that like flow state of like I'm getting the shots. Mm-hmm. And then there's also the times that we'll sit out on like a piece of water for a few hours, and it's like we don't see like a single duck. Sure. And I think the guys could tell you like better than I can of this of like I have the worst tendency just to like fall asleep and just slump <laughs> over in my chair, and then it's like. Ducks are coming, and I'm like locked up. Right, and like I'm in back like in the, the zone. zone. Yeah, it's interesting. It's it's an interesting balance. Yeah, um, but yeah, so that's are crazy. You, are you shooting the whole entire time? Like you have forty hours of footage, no. or like you're taking? I try to like with everything that I shoot. I try to get a good variety of different clips, like setting the scene, setting the situation. The difficult part is like I'm also trying to shoot photos at the same time, mm. and so it's like. A lot of the time, like we don't really do a lot of double takes, so it's like, yeah. uh, so it's like, all right, guys, like <laughs> here's one camera, get this shot. Have the other <laughs> right. camera, my hand you're right holstered here, holstered up. Like, and yeah, and what yeah. are you shooting on, just for curiosity? So I have a Canon C300 Mark III. That's my workhorse. Okay. Um, and then I just recently purchased a C70. That is essentially the little brother to it. Same sensor, same okay. kind of format of camera. Mm-hmm. Um. But it's just a smaller body and smaller frame. And then I, uh, I have a Canon One DX Mark III that I shoot for photos, and nice. then used to have like an R five and everything that I still have access to. Cool. So I run a Canon lineup for equipment, and okay. then it's just treated me well over the years. Yeah. So that's why I was asking, what made you guys go with Sony? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're Sony boys. But yeah. honestly, but yeah. if we weren't shooting Sony, I would probably want to own. I've always wanted to own a 1DX, well, two, Mark II, but yeah. I, the Mark III, I'm sure, is sick. But yeah. Peter McKinnon was always, yes. like, blogging with the 1DX Mark. I think he started with the Mark I, or did he start I with the 2? I think 2. And I was like, it just is the most beautiful-looking thing. And, he made yeah. that camera such a staple oh, in the industry of, yeah. like, everybody wanted a 1DX. Yeah. yeah, we held one one time at Rockbrook, <laughs> and I just remember, like, blasting the shutter. And <laughs> like, this is so sick. It's I want beautiful. one. So, it's so huge and obnoxious. And yeah. I probably still will get one one day just yeah. to, like, have. Yeah. But yeah. And Canon color is great. Like, yeah, I, I really sure. do like Canon a lot. 
Yeah. But Sony gang for life. Yeah. <laughs> Sony boys. <That's> fair. <laughs> I don't know if you guys will be able to get that domain, but sure. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's fair. There is one thing on the, uh, the FX six that would be cool for what you do, I think. And that's uh picture cache recording. Does the 70, does the C70 do that as well? A little bit. I've never dabbled into it. That's yeah. like what you, we were talking previous or like prior to starting the podcast, you dive into a lot more manuals than I do. Sure. I'm a lot more <laughs> like, I got the thing. All right. Scratch the manual. Yeah. I'm yeah. going out yeah, like yeah. shooting with it. I know there's a photo setting. I don't know how to activate it. Sure. So I need, to, that's where I need to dive. Well, so there's a setting. The it might be on the C70. I'm not I sure. But is. the FX6 has a setting where it will actually record up to 30 seconds of cached video recording before okay. you hit the record button. Oh. So you could actually wait until after they shoot the bird so and I don't hit record and it will have recorded the past 30 seconds. So that way you don't have to just like yeah. sit there recording, waiting for the thing to happen. I... So yes, I thought you were meaning like it was taking photos. Um, but no, like I have heard about that with the Sony's. I haven't, I haven't ever dug into that with yeah. the Canon. I mm. probably should a little bit because that would help. I'll, I'll look it up. <laughs> if I help. find anything, I'll let you know. I would. Yeah, that would be awesome. That was talking gear with Austin and Ben, right? <laughs> yeah. There. yeah. <laughs> cool. It's just it's super interesting the equipment and gear that's used in the industry and kind of like what different professionals use. Uh, across the board like these people that take aries or uh reds out into nature mm -hmm. and it's like that's a big camera to be floating around <laughs> yeah. here it's heavy yeah and it's just yeah it's interesting mm -hmm. cool. for sure well thanks for all the time you spent with us ben absolutely it's been so good to have you here quickly will you tell everybody where to find you where can they find and keep up with you online social anything like that yeah, so right now the main account that I'm working on is uh, Bighorn Productions. We have uh, Instagram, and then okay. we also we might be starting up YouTube here sooner than later. Sweet. Um, and then Midwest Outdoor Chasers is on Instagram. It's okay. on Facebook, uh, YouTube. We're really pushing right now. Okay. Um, and then we also have a website for both Bighorn for uh, Midwest Outdoor Chasers. And then there's also my personal brand just with Ben Mohorn yep. of my personal Instagram and everything. But awesome. Yeah, we're pretty, we're pretty, act we try to stay as active on social media as we can. Yeah. So. That's great. Well, thanks for hanging out yeah. today, Ben. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me on. Yeah. yeah appreciate it, bro. Wow. <laughs> it's the end. <laughs> so that's how I feel after this episode. He literally brought so much value. Yeah, Even I, I'm just inspired. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm reminded of just being a, I mean, I'm literally 10 years or nine years older than this guy. Sure. And he brought just such a, a fresh perspective of being a young entrepreneur mm -hmm. and caring about the things that really need to be cared about early yeah. on to yeah. be successful yeah. in the long term. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I hope it encourages you guys because mm -hmm. if like you're starting out or maybe you're 18 or 19 or maybe you're now 23, 24, um, it's not too late to start things and do things yeah. really, really yeah. well or too so, early or it's not. Right. Yeah. It's not too right. early either. Yeah. You can be 30, 40 and, and start sure. starting this new venture into a creative business. And so I hope that this encouraged you, it encouraged me and uh, yep. it, it, I'm better for it. So yeah. Thank you so much, Ben, for being on the pod. And lastly, be sure to follow this podcast wherever you consume your podcasts. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, it would mean the world to us. If you hit the subscribe button, mm -hmm. hit the bell to be notified when we drop podcasts every first and third Monday of the month. And uh, super excited to have more guests like Ben in different industries and 
Uh, really, we want to bring you a wide variety of perspectives on this podcast. So stay yeah. tuned. Don't miss the next episode. And uh, thank you so much for watching. We love you guys. See you in the next one. Love yeah. you. <laughs>